This is the Throne Room Thoughts Podcast, where we are meeting every week to discuss living from a position of power, living with boldness, living with confidence. This is the practical podcast where we are walking out God's principles and promises to see the best manifested for our lives. You are the CEO of your life. You have the God-given power and authority to live a purpose-driven, successful life. This is the Throne Room Thoughts Podcast, and we are live with my special guest, Mr. Perth Phillip. So it's been a really cool uh, past two weeks. We've had some really good conversation. Um, we've heard from some people. Yes. Sharing about their thoughts about, you know, not just marriage and finance, but just finance and relationships. So just finance, you know, all together, how people handle their situations. And so this week, we're going to go from a different angle. So... Let's uh, talk as we start to share out. As you guys come on in, make sure you guys share, share, share. Sharing is caring. Hi, Trish. How are you, my love? My old faithful. Um, Last week, we talked about a couple of different things. We talked about the different ways that men and women see money. We touched on... um, the, how easy it is to actually um, keep track of your money and how easily people what is that noise? and how easily people have um, come into money and lost their money, different um, books that we've been reading and documentaries that we've been watching we shared. So if you haven't um, tuned in, then you guys can go back to um, the Throne Room Thoughts Facebook page and catch up on week two. And also week one is available on the Throne Room Thoughts podcast for your listening pleasure. So you can replay that as many times as you need to. So as you guys come on in, make sure you share. Sharing is caring. And this week we're actually talking about budgeting. Budgeting is not a dirty word. I thought it was, and I treated it as such. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But it is not a dirty word. And so this week, we're actually going to talk about that. Because we don't want to just have conversations with you guys and get all in your business. We want to actually talk about practical ways that we can improve our financial literacy and um, improve our generations as well at the same time. So that is what we are talking about this week. As you come on in, make sure you share, share, share. Why? Because sharing is caring, guys. Sharing is caring. So um, we'll give you guys a chance to come on in while I go on my laptop over here and figure this whole thing out. What are you trying to do? Ah, there I am. Find us is what I was trying to do. I couldn't find us. But I did now. Trish, how was your day, honey? Oh, there you are. Um, was <laughs> I cannot stand her. Oh, my gosh. She said, where's the makeup crew, yo? <laughs> Do we not need one of those, Trish? Like, on the real. We need somebody in here touching us up, keeping us looking dry. And my face, and I'm just I'm under the lights. So I'm just. Oh, my husband is looking a little greasy. I've been, I told him off. the last couple of weeks he's been just looking greasy. Oh, I don't know why. God bless his soul. <laughs> but we are here. Although we look a little less than uh, polished, we are here to talk about some very important stuff, Trisha. Stay focused. Don't be judging us over there in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> the heck is going on? And rainy. Uh, rain all the time for a lot of them. Word. <laughs> the vacation rain spot. <laughs> She's laughing. Shoot. 
join us for week three. Come on in. Oh, shoot. That's my new name. <laughs> uh, Trish, let's stay on topic. Be how about greasy. you tell us about how about you tell us about <laughs> your thoughts on budgeting? You know, how how do you do it? Do you do it? What do you think about it? Um, what's the importance? Do you have a do you usually have a budget, Trish? How does it go? I have to say, as I was saying before, to be honest, because that's what it's all about, being transparent. As my husband said last week, we are not necessarily authorities on the matter, but we certainly are experts in our experience and you are experts in yours. And so we want to share that information and keep a dialogue going, a meaningful, helpful dialogue. And so when it came to budgeting for me, I looked at budgeting as a dirty word, like, ew, a bougie, like, I'm not trying to be on nobody's budget. I don't want to have to tell myself, no, I don't want to have to deny myself. And I used to really walk around with the toxic mentality of I deserve this. Like you can deserve your way right into a first class ticket to debt. And so I used to always tell myself, no, I work too hard. I deserve this. You know what I've been through? I deserve this. And you know what I got to put up with at work to get this check? I deserve this. And so I just was not even willing to consider um, living on a budget before Trish says, I can't honestly say I've tried. I think I, (laughs) I love Trisha. She said, I think I thought I did, but it ain't, (laughs) but it ain't working. And you know, Trish, that's, um, that's real talk. I think a lot of people think they're doing certain things and you, you're under the impression that you're doing it well. And then you take a step back and you examine certain stuff and you're like, uh, maybe I don't know as much as I thought I did. Maybe I'm not doing as good of a job as, I thought I should be doing. So, I mean, I think that's pretty honest. Sometimes you really do um you really do think you're doing something and it's like, mm, maybe I'm just like moving, but I'm not necessarily being productive. Sometimes movement doesn't equal productivity. So, we get the two confused. What about you, Perth Philip? What has been your historical viewpoint in terms of budgeting? Um, uh, budgeting was just always something um hard to do. It just required a lot of um Intense. It was just something hard to stick to. Um, it's something I always wish I really did well. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But um, the I think budgeting is 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 the lesser of the issue. I think it comes down really to discipline. Yeah. Honestly, it's like if you struggle with discipline in any in any facet, um, budgeting is going to be hard for you. You know. So I, I yeah. think I, I I think for most people that's their. That's that's where the negative connotation comes yeah. towards budgeting. It's yeah. not so much the act of budgeting, budgeting itself. It's just the discipline it requires to stick to it, which is really hard because you, super hard. it feels like you're taking away and limiting um, the things that you like. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's why one of the points I have here is like you have to budget with a goal. Yeah. If there's no goal in mind, you, you can't just budget for the sake of budgeting because you'll never stick to it. Okay, like, well, that's, that's interesting. In that's mind. interesting. Okay, okay. So you have to budget with the goal in mind in order to um, be able to stick to it. Yeah, I agree. I was reading what Trish said. Um, yeah, so it's like you have to have a goal in mind, and having a goal in mind will help you to stick to what you are trying to um, accomplish. And so um, short-term goals, long-term goals are some of the things you want to look at yeah. and um, plan out. And it'll, it'll make sense, yeah. at least if you're withholding from yourself. For any period of time, if you have that end picture in mind, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. there is a It'll vacation coming up, there is, you know, the car I'm trying yeah. to get, the there's house. the house, yeah. you know, so it's like, oh, it yeah. makes sense now. So I feel people who struggle a lot don't really have a goal, yeah, or that their goal is just not, 
It's not really attainable. Yeah. Oh, so that's like, true. Very you know, true. it just feels you like you got to make sure your goals are attainable goals. Sometimes we set ourselves up for failure. Good night, guys. This is week three of Money and Matrimony. Make sure you guys share the video as you come on in and say hi. And of course, join our conversation. We love your input and it is so valuable to the discussion that we're having. But um, but yeah, babe, sometimes I think we set goals for ourselves that are not attainable. And sometimes we set ourselves up for failure and frustration because you want to do something so bad. You have so many ambitions and then you set these goals and then you miss the mark and you come down on yourself because you missed the mark or you miss the mark and you get defeated and discouraged and you don't even want to deal anymore because you feel like, well, obviously I tried. I gave him my best shot and this is not possible. And so you just keep it moving. Hi, Sabine. How are you, my love? Welcome, honey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are talking tonight about budgeting. Budgeting is not a dirty word. And I am being very honest about the fact that I did look at it like a dirty word. And I simply wanted nothing to do with budgeting once upon a time in my life. Trish said, ooh, dagnammit. Let me look at your comment, Trish. What are you saying? What are you saying? Trish says, when you swipe or no swipey, <laughs> swipe or no swipey, you Dora the Explorer. When you swipe or no swipey your card, you think you, you tallied up what you spent and how much you have left to last. And, it, and I literally would spend my check and be like, why am I broke? I just got paid on Friday. Exactly. You know, I always um, repeat Dave Ramsey's um, little joke that there's two kinds of people in the world. There's the people who um, tell their money where to go and then the people who wonder where their money went. And for most Americans, according to the statistics, and I'll read those in a few, but for most Americans, um, we fall into the class of wondering where our money went. You know, you get paid, you overestimate and you overspend, you have a good time, you overindulge. And then, you know, two, three days goes by and you're like, wait a minute, what happened to my money? Like, where did it all go? You know, and of course, that is the vicious cycle that most Americans are in right now. Um, and it is a very dangerous cycle because most people are living paycheck to paycheck. And so you don't have the kind of cushion that you need to um, sustain you when an emergency comes up. Something breaks, something need to be fixed. You know, you got the rent to pay and all of these different things that come up that you can't manage because you've overspent and, and, you, and you have no cushion to sustain you. So yeah, those are the kind of things we are talking about. Oh, hi, Kevin. How you doing, Cuzzo? Says not much, busy as usual. I like what you said, keep it up. Oh, thank you, Cuzzo. Encouragement is always needed. Trish says, we always feel like we are deserving of what we want for any given reason. Girl, you better preach that thing, honey. I was the queen of I deserve. Listen, I get up, I go to work every day, like everybody else, by the way. I get up and I go to work every day and I got to put up with the kind of clients I'm serving and put up with the staff that got the issues that they got. Like, I deserve to buy myself something nice or the infamous like, oh, it's on sale. So it's like. <laughs> I heard I can't remember where I heard it from, but I heard somebody say something like when you buy something on sale, you're not saving money like you're spending money you would not have normally spent because you wouldn't have wanted to pay full price. So when it goes on sale, you tell yourself, well, I'm so look at this price. How can I pass this up? And it's like, but I wouldn't have bought it otherwise. So now I haven't saved money. I just spent money I wouldn't normally be spending. It's like the craziest um, rationale that we that we tell ourselves to spend money. Trish says we spend money from an emotional point of view. It feels good to just endlessly buy things. Yes. Ain't that the truth? 
and to have the things we love. Exactly. Very emotional, very emotional. And I spoke about that in the um, IG video I posted several weeks back that we have these emotional ties to money that we really shouldn't have. And because we have those emotional connections in terms of filling a void or in terms of um, helping to make us feel like with somebody or make us look important and make us look like we have the latest fashion and we're on point and these kind of different emotional um, responses that we have to money that cause us to do erratic things and do irresponsible things. It's like we really have no business having emotional um, entanglement with money. Money money is a tool and we need to learn to use it as such, a tool that works for us as opposed to us like, you know, working super hard for it. What say you, Perth Phillip? I'm agree. Emotional spending is is uh, is a big thing. Um, Are you an emotional spender? Morgan, um, no, I'm not. Um, I don't you. spend wise all the time, but I definitely don't do it based on on, on emotions. Yeah. Um, and I think um, organizations, companies, they 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 depend on us being emotional. Facts. Which is why you know around the credit card company every major on. holiday there's some type of thing mm-hmm. happening, some promotion happening, mm-hmm. whether it's Christmas or Valentine's. Valentine's Day. I mean, they're hoping that those emotions kick in <laughs> and that we uh, lose At our minds. At the opportune time. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you just have to be you have to be careful of, of that. Um, it's it's not easy, you know. Yeah. Um, because as you said, if if you've been through some things and you work and you, you work hard, you play hard. Exactly. And that's that's something exactly. a, a lot of people live by that model: work hard, play Facts. hard. Um, especially if you've lost someone um, in your life, and you're like, you know what, life is should be more about you know the now, yeah, and not so much about the later. So for various reasons, people may develop that type of mindset. Yeah. And it's not it's not so much or you know it's bad or good or you know smart or dumb. It's just like. Right. It's just about thinking about decisions that's, that's going to be helpful for you um, now and then for the future. Absolutely. And if you have a family, thinking about how that's going to benefit your family in the long run, too. Yeah, so. absolutely. Sabine says, girl, so true. As I got older, I became wiser with my spending. If it's not on sale, it ain't for me. Listen, I'm all about that discount shopping because I do like nice things and I'm not going to stop liking nice things. Um, but listen, if you don't have to pay full price, then don't. Just saying. Um so that is very, very interesting. Emotional spending, emotional spending and how we can avoid having that emotional entanglement with money. So let me give you guys some statistics on budgeting that I found to be very interesting. I always like to share knowledge with you guys and share any information that I come across that could be helpful. So only about 32 percent of Americans maintain an actual budget. Why do you think that that is, honey? Because 32 percent is like super low. Um, yeah, that, that sounds still high still. Yeah. <laughs> you know? you th- it's, is that higher than what you thought it would be? Um, I thought it would be less, honestly. You thought it would be less people. Really? In terms of people who actually maintain a budget. I yeah. mean, I, I know a lot of people budget. Yeah. But the actual maintenance, which means you're consistently doing it, I think is where a lot of people fall off. Really? So I, th- I would think the number would be lower than that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's still, that's still a pretty low number. It's not, Hi, Jackie. It's not How are you? Good night, my love. This is week three of Money and Matrimony with me and my hubby. So, yeah, um, statistically speaking, only about 32% of Americans maintain a budget. Half of American households currently live paycheck to paycheck. Now, that's a number that I thought was going to be um, more than that. Higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that that number was definitely going to be higher than that. Um, and, you know, for me, the reason why this whole money thing and um, getting my finances in order and just exploring it and having a greater discussion with everybody else was something I really wanted to do is because 
as a social worker and as someone who's worked in the social service field for over 10 years, I have encountered some of the worst situations life could throw you. You know, I've worked in the foster care system and seen that. I've worked in the shelter system and seen that. And I've worked in the mental health housing sector and and, and seen that. And when you work in... Um, you know, when you work in the foster care system, especially when you work in the shelter system, you see what it's like when a person is living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. You see how easily somebody could go from, quote unquote, living their best life to taking their four kids and having to go to the shelter. And sometimes how people, you know, they think it's going to be a temporary short stay and it turns into, oh, you know, you 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 interview this family and they've been there for a year and a half. And you're like, what? Yeah. How? How does that even happen to someone? And it's like, you know, there go I, but for the grace of God. That's what working in the working with an at-risk population has taught me, that if you don't have yourself in check and if yeah. you don't develop a plan and a strategy for your life and a plan and a strategy for approaching these very important areas of your life, then you leave yourself susceptible to life happening to you. Mm -hmm. You know, an emergency can happen to anybody, anybody. You know, there was one lady who was in the shelter. She had like five kids. She was a correction officer making good money, making, she was pregnant at the time. So she said she was only allowed to make about 80,000 because they had like, um, restrictions and caps on how much you could work when you're pregnant. But she mm -hmm. said at her best, she was making a hundred, 120 easy, right? Her four, her five kids and her in the shelter, how she got in the shelter, her house was sold. She was living in this house for like maybe six, seven years or whatever, really. So, you know, that was her comfort and everything. The house got sold. And when the house got sold, the new owner was like, "Nah, we don't want nobody here with their five kids and you pregnant. And she had to go. Eventually, they went back and forth to court, back and forth. And it took about a year. Mm -hmm. But eventually, she had to go. And it was just as simple as that. No no emergency fund. You know, five kids, which it certainly isn't easy to house five people and be an expecting mother in the city of New York anyway, no matter yeah. how much you're making. That's a lot of, a lot of you know, children. That's a large family. Um, and a lot of landlords didn't want to deal with that. So this was somebody who you would, you know, on paper, you would think, she's good. She's working hard. She's been at this job for a while she's working for the city she's making all this money and yet she found herself in the shelter i mean thankfully she was able wow. to get out relatively quickly it took her about seven eight months to you know to to save save and stack her money and get out but again it just it just showed me how easily something like that could happen even to a person who's making decent income so um this budgeting stuff is super interesting to me and so join us for this discussion guys come on in share the video tell us your experience tell us any nuggets or any wisdom you want to drop on us trish says they get complacent oh child they sure do they for some people they sure do yep they do they definitely um get complacent um, another interesting fact that I found, 49% of Americans are reportedly anxious or fearful about their current financial well-being. All the more reason for us to be having this discussion. So almost half of the people in our country report that they feel fearful or anxious. And, um, and I understand that. I've been there, especially as a single parent. I've been in the, in the, anxious stage and in the fearful stage and in the what if and and how do I control this and how do I figure all of these different moving parts out and so again all the more reason to have that emergency fund to have to budget accordingly and and try to look at your finances from an honest perspective and anticipate the kind of needs that might come up what do you think honey 
49% of Americans report that they feel anxious or fearful about their financial well-being. Yeah, um, that's not shocking at all. Yeah. Um, especially when you look at the rise in cost of living. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that number will, will, you know, change state to state. Yeah. I think it will be high if you live in New York because everything is so expensive <laughs> For here. Real. And the rent, just rent, mortgages, everything is just, you know, sky, you know, it's, it's, it's off the roof. So it's And like, it continues to rise. And it continues to go exactly. Yeah. Um, education continues to rise. So I'm, I'm not surprised at all. Even people who do very well yeah. um, are still at the point where if they stop getting paid today, uh, they'll be in serious trouble. Yeah, and I yeah. think I think that's where the fear comes from. Mm-hmm. It's just the dependence on money. Yeah, uh, most people don't have assets that bring income. Um, most people only have a salary income, and so right. if you have exactly. a salary income, and that's the only way you're paid, then that's the only way you'll you'll be paid. Yeah, and so if the salary stops or you know is limited, that's it. Yeah, um, and so it's like you have to. Um, kind of elevate your financial awareness and think about acquiring assets or yeah. or things that can work for you, right. um, and actually bring income that way. Absolutely. And so when you know when the salary changes or is limited, then all of a sudden, oh, you still have some cash coming in here. You still mm-hmm. have some money coming in from a different way. And so, yeah. Uh, but most people don't have assets that that produce income, and so that's that's a major downfall. And if you if you um. If you don't have that, yes, you will be you will be tied to that job, and you will be you will be worried because you know <laughs> if you lose it today or tomorrow that things may change, and that's a scary place to be. That's a scary place. You know, to so be. it's like um, that's yeah, the truth. Trying to uh, you know change change up. Yeah. Gotta change up. Mm-hmm. Hi, Uncle Neville. Welcome to week three of Money and Matrimony with me and hubby Perth Phillip. Hey, what's up, Donna? Welcome again. We, hi, Donna. Welcome. Make sure you guys share the video as you come on in. Sharing is caring. And, of course, we want as many people as possible to join our discussion. Budgeting. That is what we are talking about this week. I keep saying budgeting is not a dirty word. Because once upon a time, for me, it was. Oh, you can say the other B word. What's the other B word? What in the world is going <laughs> on right you know, now? I'm just trying to think of those <laughs> marketing. I cannot. You know what? It's the you know, snazzy market. That's how they do it, man. Yeah. I have to now from buying that house. Oh, Donna's a homeowner. Forget it. If you're a homeowner. Oh, good for you. Congrats. Listen, if you own a house. Yeah, you better budget now, for <laughs> real. Like she said, she has to now. Oh, man. Oh, um, child. That's, 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 that's the task. Yeah, better budget, honey. Mm-hmm. My stepdad said he's here listening. Well, welcome on to the discussion, Pops. Welcome, welcome. So Donna budgets now. She just bought a house, and now, and so now she's gonna get on her budgeting game. Yeah. So what, what, um, what you and I do, babe? Let's talk a little bit about that. We we did um, touch on it last week because uh-huh. I made fun of you and your spreadsheets and your scenarios. My husband has scenarios for everything. Like anytime we sit down and we say we want to purchase this and, and what, how much money will it cost and how much money will we have left over after we do it? Or how much do we have to save and put aside in order to make this happen? He creates literally a scenario for that. So we have spreadsheets um, in Excel with various scenarios of situations um, that will help guide us as we make different um, life altering decisions. It's like the craziest thing, but my husband loves his spreadsheets. And so do I, I'm not, um, Excel savvy like he is by any stretch of the imagination, but I certainly do appreciate the benefit of being able to analyze something very quickly in in a little snapshot. So let's talk more about that, babe, about how we approach budgeting. Um, So we approach uh, budgeting from um, 
from, again, a goal standpoint. So we have a goal set for what we want to achieve. And so, for example, when the year started off, our goal was to um, pay all our debt. And so the budget was built around, you know, mm-hmm. um, getting, that, getting that done. Yeah. And so, um, as I said before, having the goal or having a goal and, and using that to um, kind of, you know, guide your decision-making for your budget is going to be very important. Yeah. But we look at it from a, a budget versus actual standpoint. So it's like, first of all, just track your spending for one month. Yeah. And, of course, if, you, if, you, uh, if you're not Excel savvy, the Mint.com has a good app, and there's some other really good apps that help with that. Um, you don't even have to do the work. They just, you just put your account information. They'll look at your transactions and put it in categories and tell you how much you spend on food and entertainment, which is really, really cool. Um, yeah. So if you, if you, And you'll be surprised how much you spend on food. Yes. Um, it's, every time we do our budget, the food number is, is really high. Yep. And for some reason, we're not thinking we're spending. But that $2 coffee every day or that you know, muffin <laughs> you know, <laughs> twice a day, it adds up. It, you know, so it's like... Um, so we look at the actual. So what what did we spend this month on various things? And then we use that as a baseline. Yeah. And then we budget based on that. So we spend $100 on food, and we look at, at most of our food spending as something that we could control. Yeah. Then the, the budget for the next month will be a little less. Right, exactly. And if we spent money on kids um, this month that we didn't really allocate, and so next month we'll have to put a line item for that on, on the budget. So it's like it's not... It's not... Um, not it's dynamic. It changes. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's like it, you have to adjust based on your spending. Exactly. Now, when hopefully we'll get to a place where we master this and we can really stick to it, <laughs> and that's when it really starts to work and make, yeah. and make sense. Yeah. Um, we're still more in the, the analysis phase of just looking at the actual, yeah. um, using that to put, set a baseline for the budget, and then have tracking that towards the next month. You know, so um, it's 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 a, it's a process. It is but a it's process. Really, it's, it's it's so good just to see how. Um, to be able to, to define yourself based on how you spend, yeah, and look at what change you can make. So absolutely, that's one approach we take. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing of it is too, like people fail to realize the importance of um, the importance and the power of intention, right? So when you approach something with intent, when you see um, something going on in your life and you want to change and shift the direction, right, of the way that that thing is going, and you start to be intentional, you start to be deliberate, you start to be strategic, you will be surprised the way everything starts to shift and follow that direction. So Mm. when you say to yourself, I really want to get a handle on my finances, I don't really know where to start, but I'm serious about this, and I'm willing to pick up this book and read and take some notes. I'm willing to, you know, go to this free webinar or, or, or attend this free seminar or whatever the cases or mm-hmm. even pay the 20 or 30 dollars to take this seminar and and start to explore this this area and see what i can learn and what i could begin to implement right now when you start to move like that when i i mean i cannot tell you when when you approach things that way anything anything any goal you're trying to accomplish when you approach it that way the way the world starts to open up for you and the way god starts to sh- align things in your favor is like beyond beyond it just takes for you to have the intent and it takes for you to be deliberate and you know consistent and all these things that of course we struggle with right so we make a budget every month and we struggle we said like on week one we went like two three months and was like oh budget what and then had to really rope ourselves back in and come back to the table and recalibrate and refocus and that's okay because it's not about um 
being a master at life necessarily, mm -hmm. but it is about it's showing up for yourself. Exactly. It's about going through the process and going through the motions and coming back and trying again whenever you fall short. And so, um, when you have that intent and when you, and when you, you know, take those steps to actually say, I'm going to really and truly put the effort in, you would be surprised the way you are able to succeed at things. Um, Donna has a great question I want you to answer. She said, um, oh. don't you find eating better costs more? That will throw your budget off somehow. Um, yes, 100% eating better does cost more. When you're buying fresher food, when you're um, eating quote-unquote organic, um, and, you know, these kinds of different things, yes, it does cost more. But just as, just as you said, babe, what you do, Donna, is you look at what you spend on eating better, right? So you're buying your fresh fruits, you're buying your fresh veggies and, and these different kinds of things. Um, you look at what that costs you. So for a month you do that, right? Or two months you do that. Look at what it's costing you and then you budget accordingly. You wouldn't stop eating well um, and you wouldn't allow your budget to be thrown off repeatedly. You would adjust your budget accordingly. Um, because the, the, the intrinsic value of, of eating well is also that you're healthier. Absolutely. Um, which is important for work and <laughs> to make money. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's like uh, it's you important have to, for you to show up to that job. You, you got to go to wait, <laughs> wait on the scale. And, yeah. you know, it definitely makes sense to. Yeah. Um, so, again, so again, you have to you have to know you have to have your goals set. You have to have and your, exactly. look at what you are attempting to do. And you set your goals in alignment with your values. And this is why it's important for you to define your values for yourself. Right. Even before. Even before you sit down and decide you're going to have a budget, just like you said, babe, you got to have a goal. All right. Mm -hmm. So what is the goal? And maybe your goal is not to necessarily purchase something large. Maybe your goal is simply I don't want to be fearful and anxious about money. I don't want to be one of these 49% um, of the people in the country that's walking around scared about money and scared about their well-being because they don't have enough. And at any minute, the bottom could drop out and you're going to be stressed. That's a simple enough goal, and that's a big enough motivator. Your peace of mind is a big enough motivator, right? So if that's even if it's as small as that, you you look at that and you say, well, what what are the things that I hold near and dear to my life? What are the things that I need for my life to be able to function at optimal levels? Whether that be quality time with your friends, and whether that be you have a hobby and you need to fund that hobby, whether that be you know working out and and so you have to have that gym membership in order to clear your head and de and, and decompress. Whatever your values are, mm -hmm. you can build your budget and build your goals around your value system in order to support that. But the bigger thing for me, at least, is that it's important for you to define your values instead of looking at what keeping up with the Joneses looks like yeah, and yeah. trying to outspend the Joneses and trying to outshine the gram and look like you popping and look like you on every social scene and always going out eating with the friends and not being able to say no because you don't you have FOMO and you, you you're fearful of missing out and all of these different things when you start to take a step back and define your values for yourself then you can say okay well according to what I what I need for my life this is how I now begin to build my budget and so on and so forth and I, I think too whenever you hear the word budget people just think of uh this like um it's not a young people thing. <laughs> it just sounds like something your parents did. Yeah. I mean, when I first heard about it, I was probably a kid too, you know? Yeah. And so a lot of people um, associate budgeting with sort of like their, their, their place in life. Mm -hmm. And so it's like if you're young and you you know fresh out of high school, it's like budget. Come on, yeah. I'll take, I'll get there. I'm not, I'm yeah. not there in terms of my. That's life for those yet. people at that age. And that's, I mean, that's just not true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's not. 
you can start at any age and you can start benefiting at any age too. Absolutely. Again, what's your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? If you're 18, 19, what are you trying to get done by the time you're 24? Everybody wants their own place. Right. Everybody wants their own car. These yeah. are great things to have. So, I mean, budgeting is not going to hurt you to start that process even, even while in. So I wish I did it in school. I was not budgeting yeah. at all in school. No, I didn't. I even got think those like credit that. cards. Yeah, and I was um, just buying stuff. Like buying I was just stuff. straight up buying yeah, stuff. I, was, I can't even Ooh, justify listen. it. I was trying to justify it. No, I can't even justify <laughs> I bought some, it. I, I mean, in my head, it was stuff. like, oh, I need it for books. Now I had full financial aid and everything. Oh, you had full financial aid. I had for to God be the glory. I had full financial aid when I was in undergrad, right? And I couldn't wait for my financial aid check to come so I could buy stuff. That was all I was thinking about. For school, stuff for school. Sure, I needed that Armani Exchange book bag. Oh man, that's the book bag I had, and I needed those Prada sneakers. So, yeah, I was just buying stuff. <laughs> just buying stuff. Me yeah. and my friends. Because oh, at that age, everything that you and your friends wear has to match. Otherwise, so, are you really even friends? So you and Trisha was shopping too? Trish was doing shopping, yeah. She was doing her own shopping. And she'd um, come to New York and we'd shop together. Financial aid was litty. Financial aid was litty. <laughs> Financial Listen. aid was everything. I was just like feeling like I was living my whole best life at 19. Going to school, eating out with the girls. And living at home and just paying, giving my mom a little money for the cable here and there. Ooh, <laughs> Jesus. Simple life. Living my So how do life. you, I mean, how do you, after, you, after you've done that, had your fun, how do you justify telling someone, you know, <laughs> that young now, hey, don't do that. You know, I mean, were you just not in the know? Were you just didn't think about it? No, I didn't know and I didn't think about it. No. Yeah. You justify it. And no one told you? No, 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 no. Because you can't give somebody what you don't have. Right. And so my mom didn't have that knowledge. My, as I said before, my mom is an immigrant. You know, I'm an immigrant. We came to this country. And um, of course, we came here under the under the notion that, you know, you're just blessed to even be here. So when you get here, you hit the ground running, you get you a job. And if you can get to college, even better. You know, my mom didn't go to college until I was going to college. By that time, she had already been in the country for 20 years. Wow. You know, so for 20 years, she was just working and working really hard to be able to keep a stable roof over our heads. And so um, so by the time, you know, I was in John Jay, that's when she finally was like, oh, maybe I could be doing this, too. You know, it's interesting how sometimes our kids are our motivators and our kids motivate us to mm. stri strive for higher heights. So, like, we were literally in undergrad at the same time. I was at John Jay. She was at Medgar Evers pursuing nursing. And so, um, no, my mom certainly never um, taught me about, um, educated me about finances. She didn't have those, those tools to give me. Wow. And so I would tell anybody who's 19, 20, 21, um, when I'm telling you this because when you know better, you do better. It's as simple as that. And, you know, I've, I've heard the saying that um, learning from your own experience is smart. Learning from somebody else's experience is wise. And so we always want to strive to be wise. Not everything has to be learned the hard way. Not everything has to be a trial and error. Sometimes you could take a step back, examine a situation that someone else is going through and be like, oh, okay. See, now I know what not to do. Or now I know what I would do differently if, I, if given the opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, it's a hard sell for young people. But um, what can you do? Consistently try to sell anyway. Yeah, you have to kind of look at yourself um, like an organization, like an entity, right? Um, companies, they look at their cash flow all the time. How is their cash flowing in and out? 
Exactly. Right. And so it's like if you if you if you I mean you really are because when you when you go out into the marketplace, it's like it's, you really are representing yourself almost like a company, right? When you apply for a job and yeah. when you um, you know have businesses and, and you own things, it's like yeah, this mm-hmm. is this is you. And so it's like um, it's important. Yeah. It is important to to have this skill set or these skill sets as a yeah. part of your as a part of your repertoire. So Absolutely. It's Absolutely. not too young, you're not too old, it's not too late. Yeah. Um, exactly. if you're in debt like we are, it's <laughs> it's a good time to start. Yeah. To get out of it. Yeah. Um and it's it's again, it's it's not easy. It's hard. It's not. Yeah. And it's not it's not fun. You know, it's very sobering. Cause just like Trish said, you get your paycheck and you like, ah, I'm living my best life and look at all of this money and then you go on a couple of uh you know, dinners with, with a couple of friends and you're like, wait, what? You know, how are we doing to, this? Is it going to be 50 50 or are we going to? I'm just saying. You got to worry about how they're going <laughs> to. Are we, um, did I, I ate just the appetizer and I just had water. I didn't I even hate, have no oh alcohol. Oh my gosh, I hate right? that. These kind of weird things start I to can't come up. take that, man. Yeah, but that's how it is. Sometimes we overestimate and we're like, yeah, mm. I'm good. I got enough and I can, you know, I can handle it. And then you're like, ooh, having all kinds of regret. So, yeah. Never too, um, as you said, babe, never too young, never too old. And as we get the information, we do have a responsibility to pass that information on mm-hmm. for the better of others, too. It's dedication and persistence, 100%. Yes, absolutely. And just being, it's like, um, my, my, I, have my, um, I have AT&T Next plan. So, like, on this plan, every year the new phone comes out, I can pay to get the new phone. Um, and the ten, the ten is out. Galaxy ten is out. But my nine plus is perfectly fine. <laughs> and I just like, I mean, for the last two years, I've, I've, I've did upgrade every year. Yeah. So I had the seven. The Even eight, before being done paying nine. for one, you're like, listen, and I don't have one for you know all the these new one months. is out. And yeah. this year, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm I'm almost done paying this, and I'm like, why do I need a new phone? Yeah. And I was checking out the specs. It's like, ooh. Double dual retina. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they find some way to say camera. that the is a little brighter. Yeah, and it's like you have to stop getting duped by these um, <laughs> phone companies. Like they're not doing anything. Don't let anything them hit you new. with the Willy Bobo. Maybe the, the greatest innovation was between the iPhone like one and the iPhone eight. Oh, like shoot. all those numbers Heard. in between. No, I'm just telling you, they they this stuff is um the technology is there. They scale it back. It's, it's like scalability. They scale oh, it backwards oh, of so that I they mean, can roll it out in, in smaller chunks. Yeah. And you, the consumer, is just like, oh, it's, now, it's, it's not, um, now it's not 15, now it's 18 megapixels. And most yeah. people are like, what? I know. How much megapixels do you need you know, to take a selfie? They don't care. It's just more. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's just more. And, and that's, that's the kind of that's, culture that's that we the, live in. It's consumerism. It's, it's, it's like, bigger, let's make the number bigger. Then that means it's better. Yeah. If it's more, then that means it's better. If it's faster, plus. that means it's better. Yeah, that's so. I'm, I'm not so this year. I'm, just, I'm like, I'm not gonna do it. My my, my phone works great. Madonna says facts. No phone for me this year. Yeah, there's not no even need with to. With the cracked screen, I'm not playing. Oh shoot, girl, you just bought that house. Stay focused. So you got the iPhone. iPhones stay with the cracked screen. Oh, that's rude. For some reason, I don't know. My why. screen is not cracked. I'm just saying, I'm good to go. With my iPhone, whatever plus situation I have, I too was about to get a new phone, and I went in that store. I'm not even going front. I walked up in that store, and they said something like a thousand dollars or eleven hundred. I said, you know what? Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. What the, uh, what's that? The like the 10x R plus something. <laughs> Whatever's the you new. You have to like no algebra just to get a phone Facts, these days. Like, you know, I, the pie chart and the <laughs> I plus E equals this. It was like a 10x R plus whatever and the oh, newest okay. thing, and I was like, oh, okay, surely I need the newest phone because I deserve right? it. Like, 
I done skipped like three down. phones. And I skipped like three phones anyhow. You know, there's been like three new ones. So, so I'm not even so bad is what I thought. Uh-huh. Um, and they, they hit me with that number. And I was like, see, you know what now? I don't even need a phone that bad. My phone is in such great shape. I'm speaking to you guys right now from it. It's in awesome shape. And it has no cracks, no dings, nothing. I said, so you know what? That's, that's number one. Keep your phone. Yeah. <laughs> if your phone is working, the moral of that story is keep your if phone. You don't need a, if you don't have to upgrade and your phone is still working, do not upgrade. Yes. Stop trying to keep up with the Joneses. The Joneses don't care about you. They're not going to bail you out of a problem. They are not going to be there to say, come sleep on this couch if you get evicted. Nothing. So we don't need to be worried and consumed with looking the part. You know, it's so much more important to be Mm-hmm. the part and be the thing that you're striving so hard to look like you know as opposed to being like i'm gonna just get this because it's new and it's popping and there's nothing wrong with the one i have right now like again having goals will help keep those kind of things in check it'll help keep those impulses in check yep and robert kiyosaki always talks about uh the rat race in his books and mm. something that he tried to avoid with all his his energy was just to not get caught in the rat race. Right. And the rat race is a cycle of, you know, salary income um, into expense, into income, into expense, into... Yeah. In, like, there's no asset, there's no savings or nothing. It's just... In, and, and then we add to the expense. Now we add liabilities. Yep. So you already have your monthly expenses. Now you have... Uh, cell phone yeah. um, that you're, you're that you're um, paying out every right, month, right? right? Now you have credit cards that. So now we have yeah. liabilities and debt. Yeah. And so the, the rat race to him was this cycle of just working a job to make money to spend it to pay bills to do the same thing over and right. over again. So right. in his mind, that was a complete trap, and that's something that he had to avoid with all his life and with all his um, yeah. intention. And so in. how he broke the cycle, I think. Um, there's one, there's a story where he wanted to buy, he wanted to, his favorite car thing was a Porsche. And um, he wanted to buy a Porsche and, um, and he had the money to buy it. But it's like, instead of just buying it out of his pocket, he created an asset or he did a business venture yeah. um, that, that, pay paid, that bought the car. <clears throat> um, and so that's like such a smart way to look at it. Because yeah. now you really have to work and you, it changes, it, it, it defines, it redefines what work is. Because mm-hmm. to us, work is the money that we use to, is what the energy we use to make our salary income. But to him, work is the, the energy that you use to produce assets to make you income. Yep. And so for him, working was not just, okay, I already made the money, let me buy the Porsche. It's like, no, and let, me figure, let me figure out some business deal or some right, way right. to make money to buy what I need. And right. it's, it's, it's such a great way to look at it because now you have to be innovative. Now you have to build actual skills yeah. um, that was not needed before. And so you have to change who you are just to get the things that you like. And so there's nothing wrong with having nice things. Right. But at what, at what cost? At what cost, yeah. At what cost? And I was at that place, had the uh, um, years ago, you know, BMW and, and Payne insanely high, you know, like yeah. $800, $900, $1,000 a month yeah. um, with, with insurance. Just Jesus. And... It looks what? great, and you know, if it drives well, I, don't get me wrong, I love the car, but it's like, <laughs> to what point? Yeah, to what end? It was. Do you, it, do you it has. So that's why I never. When you, first of all, when you see people have really nice things, don't lose your sleep. Trust me, like <laughs> you have no idea what their monthly um, income, income their, is and yeah, their, expenses their expenses are, and how hard they and have to work. Some people just work only that. for the car. Facts, or work only to pay their bills. 
you know so, they have yeah. a they have a really nice house they have a lot of nice things and they can't afford to not work they can't afford to not work as hard as they do and uh, um again that's why it's important for you to define your values for me it was always important mm-hmm. for me to be able to raise my children hands-on right so I had liberty and when I had her I was a little younger and I was still hungry and more eager to get out there and make money and maximize as much as I can make and everything like that and by the time you know three years later when I was having Layla I was like wait a minute now so doing it with one kid is challenging who's Layla Doing it with two kids is that much more challenging and requires much more of my attention, my energy, my mental capacity. And so I was like, I don't want to be one of these mothers that's working extra hard, missing parent-teacher conferences, missing recitals, Mm -hmm. missing this, having to ask this person to pick up the kid for me and shuffle the kid here and do all of these things in place of me. Like, that's never been how I wanted to go about raising my kids. And so defining your values helps you to decide what you have to do and um, helps to keep you in line when other options may present itself or when other the grass may look greener on the other side real quick. Your values system and what matters to you, defined by you, will help to, um, to keep you in line with that kind of stuff. Sabine says, it's, it's the truth. Hopefully the young people um, listening really get that. Yeah, because, you know, we really and truly do live in a strong consumer society Mm -hmm. and young people are targeted just as much as we are. But the difference is the younger you are, in most cases, the younger you are, um, the less knowledge and wisdom and, and wherewithal you have to be able to fend off the attacks of the consumerism. So it's like young people get um, trapped in super easily. And, and just not to cut you, but the, the, uh, the survey, mm-hmm. um, the people who admittedly said they were not, that I am not financially literate, the um, survey I did on SurveyMonkey, ages 18 to 24. Higher percentage of, of said I'm not fi- who had actually admittedly said that they're not financially right, literate. right. So it, it goes to show. Yeah. And then 25 to 34 is where it got a lot higher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that supports exactly what you were saying. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the young people are are very easily swept up, and you know they they also um, have to contend with peer pressure and the need to fit in and the fear of being um, outcasted and the fear of uh, standing. Irreverent. You know, yeah, exactly. So. Um, so those are the kind of things that, that might make it even that much more challenging for our youth to be able to stand on their own and say, listen, I don't have to dress like that. I don't have to fit in with that. And I don't have to ask my parents for this because everybody else is doing it. You know, so those kind of things are all things we have to um, be mindful of and be mindful that when we have children, we teach them where values truly lie. We, treat, we teach them what truly matters and, um, and what's truly important. I have a thing with Liberty. You know, she's a little girl and she's super cute and she sees that I love makeup. She sees that I love to dress nice and I get my hair done and get my nails done and all these things. She's constantly asking me, mommy, am I beautiful? Do you think I'm pretty? And I always tell her at least once a day, you're beautiful inside and out. I want her to understand that as much as it's nice to look good, it's important to be a good person. And so I always tell her that she's beautiful inside and out. So we we really do have to be mindful of the message that we're sending our our children verbally 
as well as the message that we're sending through our behavior as well and what that and how that might be interpreted. Because, again, even as young as she is, she's four Mm -hmm. and she's already like, oh, my hair, I get to get my hair and it's straight and it's pretty. And oh, my nails and mommy, can I put on lip gloss like you and all of these things that cost money? None of this stuff is free. And so, you know, we do want to make sure that we're sending the right message to them and, and helping them understand what's really important, too. Yeah, I just made I just made one note. I'm gonna post this later too. Oh. Um, it says um, you have not begun to understand financial freedom until you have money that you can't touch. Oh, Lord Jesus! And that's that's like uh, that's like a a, a different way for all we everyone and the, this the concept of living paycheck to paycheck is because of that tangible money, right? You get paid, you can touch it, you can spend it, right? So you have not you're not free. Until you're at a place in your life where you have money in savings, emergency fund, investment, money that you can't touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Very true. Grant Cardone, um, who's like a huge real estate uh, mogul and just awesome business person, he does speaks the 10X about conference. yeah the 10x conferences, and he has a lot of um, uh, a lot of stuff on YouTube. I love listening to him. He's crazy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little much. He's good. Um, but he, sp- he spoke about in, in his early investing life, he was a millionaire, but, but there was, he still dressed normal. Yeah. Drove a very average, basic car. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he had to realize that when he, in the real estate world, right, of course, when, you, when, you, when you're investing and when you, you make money from a house, if you just take that money, because uh, people talk about flipping how, if you just take the money, that's, that's capital gain. That they, they treat it as income. They tax you as income. Mm-hmm. So you lose a lot of that money for taxes. So yeah. what, what you do in the real estate world is you, you don't just flip the house. You flip the money. So when you make the money from the house, you put all that money. The, the, the government actually allows you to put all that money into another investment of, of similar. You know, It has to be kind of similar. Yeah. Um, I think it's called a 1031 or something. So you're able to use all of that money yeah. to now invest into a Get bigger like a property. Rental, so you just keep property. rolling up, rolling up. It just keeps growing and growing and yeah. growing and growing. And you can't really touch it. Yeah. Right. You can't spend it, but it's still but money. It still, it, so it still becomes a part of your um, a portfolio as an Absolutely. asset. And so it's like, man, that's that's like hard for people to even fathom. It's I like, know. yeah, you have to have money. I got money and I can't, you can't touch, touch it. What? Where's the fun in that? No immediate fun, and that's the thing about it. We have to be able to delay gratification. Yeah. And again, we live in a um, society where everything is made readily available quicker and quicker. There's an app for everything at at the touch of a of a button, you know, and and okay. so, yeah, and that's the way it is. And so the idea that you can just put money away for a rainy day, that may or may not come, and that's okay. Or that you can actually consider. I'm only 36 right now. But, um, you know, in 40 years, what do I want my life to look like? When I retire, well, how do I want to be able to live? Do I want to have to have a drastic change in my lifestyle because I can't afford to live the way I want to live? Or do I want to be able to still live well and travel with my husband and go on vacations and all of these different things? And it's like, in order for that to happen, you do, you're going to have to delay some gratification today. You're going to have to miss a couple of dinners. You're going to have to miss a couple of brunches. Take that money and put it somewhere where it's going to be able to start working for you. And that's the other thing, too. I think we convince ourselves, oh, $20 on a little brunch, a little brunch and the inclusive mimosas and everything. Ain't never hurt nobody. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but if you do that every week or if you do that several times a it'll month, add up. it'll definitely add up. And when you start to actually look at your finances and mm-hmm. look at, you know, use an app that's going to tally up everything or look at your, you know, checking account and start to tally up everything. That's when you begin to see like, wow, I could have really and truly been doing something different with this money. Yeah, my son hates me now because I pay him. <laughs> I pay him. He plays. 
Yeah. I'm teaching, uh, well, Jonathan, you know, Jonathan's teaching him keyboard. He's doing a great job. Yes. And so I'm working with him too. Now he's playing at my church. And I'm like, I'll pay you. He's like, really? I'm going to get paid for playing at the church? I'm like, yeah, just like me. So he comes and plays. And then, and then I, um, he's like, Dad, where's my money? And I show him the Acorn app. I'm like, look. <laughs> he's like grabbed at the phone. He's like, we where's like, the money? Like, where's like, I can't touch it. It can't possibly be real. He even figure like, he was just so confused. He's like, what? Uh, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> like, I see it. Like, look, it went up. You made you made a dollar seventy four today. <laughs> really? Like, what, what can I? I can't touch it. <laughs> Too and funny. And so I'm, I'm, I'm it, 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 it's like a Joey's laughing. It's tough, but at an early age, at twelve years old, he's gonna understand this concept of the untouchable finance yeah. and how that brings you power in the yeah. long run. Yeah. You know? Um, Absolutely. Hey, Joey, man. Joey, do you do anything with your kids um, in terms of finances? Like, how do you help them to, like, you know, understand, you know, these concepts that we're talking about? What things do you do? That's a good conversation to have when just, you know, about the kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Hi, Joey. How are you? Um, it is a good conversation. As, and we did speak about that also in week one, how you were having Jay read um, the same books that you're reading. You know, he's read The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and they yeah. do have that version for the children as well. Mm -hmm. um, in case you wanted to figure out a way to make it more relatable to the kids or you wanted to try to um, get it to be something geared to, more towards kids, they do have the kiddie version of a lot of these books as well. So my husband definitely has his son like legit reading it out loud to him. When he's here, he, and, he hates it, but and then he has to summarize. He'll learn to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, be, what did you just read? Like, explain to me what that means. Just to make sure that you're just not. <laughs> yeah. Explain to me what that means. And he hates it, and he's, um, you know, he moans and groans and goes through the motions. But yeah. you know, at the end of the day, is our responsibility to impart the knowledge that we know is necessary. He he doesn't like it, and it's fine. At, that's developmentally he's exactly where he should be uninterested and annoyed yeah and that's fine <laughs> uh, you know that's fine but um as he gets older and as he continues to grow and experience life mm -hmm. um we pray that something that he he read or something some conversation he had with you babe would be you know would leave a lasting impression on him yeah and, and it, it will just it, right. it will and it's like you have to realize if you're not teaching your kids someone else's facts if you're not just, and that's the, that's in every aspect of, of education. Yep. If you're not talking to them about sex, someone is talking to them Trust about and sex. believe they're getting if that you're information. You're not talking to them about somewhere. money, someone is teaching them about money. Yep. If you're not talking to them about drugs, someone's, so you have to ask yourself, they're who do you want to have this conversation? Yeah. Who do you want to have this conversation with your kids? That's is it right. going to be you with them? That's So that's right. about looking at it. So we have those conversations, and, you know, it's like, it's weird. We talk about girls and stuff. And he's like, you know, we have our. You know, our own thing. I can't dis disclose it because we have our own kind of, you know, secret bond. Oh, boy. And pact that we've and made. And it's private. Uh, but it's like, yeah, you got to talk to your kids about those things, man. It's so important. Uh, Sabine says he will thank you later. Um, yeah, he don't got no choice. That's right. And he'll pay me later, too. Oh, shoot. Stuff is not free. All right. <laughs> oh, shoot, now. Joey said we teach biblical principles on finances, especially tithing. Nice. Um, we did a financial freedom course at church. Well, we found out we've been tithing wrong for years. We also learned there's a spiritual warfare that goes along with tithing yes, and giving. Yes, Joey, so we've been you better come on, Joey. Based on that, that's true. Joey, you better that's a come whole other on. Show. That shoot, <laughs> we need another hour for that, Joey. You but you came and lit it up just now. Yeah, that's a whole. We other need another too. hour for that, and that is exactly um, so 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 true, so true in terms of the spiritual aspect. You know, um. These are spiritual principles, sowing, reaping, you know, and, and harvest and all of these different things are spiritual principles. And so um, 
just like I said before, when you make a decision and you say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be intentional and deliberate and responsible, then there is a spiritual thing that occurs that allows things to line up in your favor. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, there is some um, resistance that you may receive as well deliberately to make you feel discouraged, deliberately to make you feel defeated and make you want to give up. But, you know, you just have to stay the course. And it's stay like, um, in terms of that tithing, the, the, the thing about tithing is it's so interesting um, because when you, whenever you hear that word, people are like, oh, here we go, with the religious the stuff. Oh, here we go. I've, I've, there's not one, and I've read a lot of books, there's not one book I've read yep. that has not given note to that 10%. Facts. Every single book, whether it's, you know... Um, the, the, the Robert Kiyosaki or even Grant Cardone speaks about, you know, philanthropy. Yeah. Everyone talks about this power of the 10%. Yeah. Every wealthy person who you've ever heard speak talks about um, the power of giving and the power. 100%. Um, yeah. And so it's not, it's certainly not exclusive to the scriptures, but uh, we all know where things originate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and the word the, the word tithe literally means a tenth, right? So tithing is not like something the church made up for some odd reason. The word tithe literally um, translated means a tenth, or literally if you look it up, the definition means a tenth. And so you do get the Robert Kiyosaki's, you do get the Grant Cordon's, and of course you get the Dave Ramsey's that say that there is intrinsic value um, and power behind building your wealth yeah. and, and also giving as well. Giving, yep. Yeah. yeah. And so, as we talk about budgeting, you have to, you have to um, really make sure that you include that in your budget. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. That, mm -hmm. that needs to be a line item in your budget yeah. um, you're given. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a Christian, and there's still ways to get that done. But don't ignore the power of the 10. Yeah. That, that thing is, listen, uh, it's, it's, just, it's real. The power of the 10. That's so funny. They, but they, that's true, yes. You know, Jimmy Welcome Buffett. Welcome, Ranelle. Welcome, Mimi. How are you, honey? This is week three of Money and Matrimony. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. I said yeah. Jimmy. Who's Jimmy Buffett? No one, honey. I think he went to my high school. <laughs> even, even Warren Buffett says so the same silly. thing, too. They speak about childhood. Like, I listen to these yeah. guys. It's like, you, if you have to listen to... And that's, that's another whole thing, too. Yeah. Listen to who you want to be. Facts. If you listen to your friends oh, and they're, they're, they're on the same level as you or they're worse or they're broke, it's like, what, what's the point? Listen to who you want to be. I'm not saying to just not have your friends, but in terms of who you follow and in terms of the in information you're allowed to really cycle your brain, yeah. it should be coming from people who are at a much higher place than you are. Absolutely. Otherwise, what is the point? Absolutely. So please what make sure you're point? listening to uh Make sure you're getting, people. yeah, be wise in where you're getting your information from for the things that oh, you <laughs> that you want to talk about. Joey, you ain't even funny. <laughs> oh, going back to something you said earlier, you're not financially free until you move out of New York. Uh, Bye. <laughs> Bye, bye, bye. I mean, New York is, listen, I, 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 New York is tough. Tough it's to so live tough. in, but every, a lot of people are living here and doing well. Uh, you know, I think there's, I think there's, there's, a, <laughs> there's a give and take. Yeah. The cost of living is high, but the salary is also high. The, the people, you know, per square mile or however, is just a lot more. So if you're yeah. in business and you're looking for foot traffic and like New York is a place to get a lot of things done. Yeah. You know, so, I, but I think again, priorities. And values. Yeah, what are your so, values? Yep. You know, living here is very um, anxiety provoking. <laughs> I know you're balling down there in Texas. That's what's up, man. I said I'm balling. You better don't let us come move in with you. <laughs> is that an invitation, Joey? Yeah. He said, my, I mean, I've, I've Joey says his salary didn't really change. Mm -hmm. Well, that's but, good because if you make a New York salary in Texas, you're good. Good money. That's yeah. why he said he's balling out there. 
More did power your, to um, you, Did your cost of living go down significantly, Joey? I know you said your salary didn't change. You said, come on, there's room. <laughs> what about your, um, your cost of living and your expenses, your monthly expenses, Joey? Did that change as well or not much? Yeah, I would imagine it's, it's way cheaper in Texas. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, I like, I like the, yeah, he said, he said yes. Yeah. I like New York, man. Nice. Um, at least for now, mm-hmm. just because there's a lot um, I have going on here. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of, I mean, home ownership, um, there's definitely a lot to be done. But I mean, you could do some great investment right here in Brooklyn, too, in mm-hmm. terms of that. So, I mean, this is a great place to invest. Huh? The rents are so high. This is a great place to invest. Yeah. And people pay it. And they're going to keep paying it. Paying more and <laughs> more. They're going to keep paying it. Uh, so it's, instead of like, I mean, because we, we pay rent and... It goes up, but our thing is like, okay, how can we be the other guy? Because yeah. you can, you can fuss, and that's what we do. We fuss, and like the rent, are they paying so much rent? It's like try to figure out how to become a homeowner. Well, you can charge rent. Facts. It's like that's what that's what they what do. What does it take for you to get your own investment property? Exactly. It's like you you may not is, you're not gonna change. Country. This is the right. You're not gonna change the circumstances from looking up. Um, frustrated. It's like you yeah. have to figure out how to be the person that's um, yeah. you know on the on the upside You're and in a making great it work for you. For it to happen, anything could happen here in this great country. You can um, take advantage of all kinds of opportunities. Fifty percent less for everything. Lord God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Not Texas though. Not yet. Aww. Maybe when I'm like ninety, I'll come down there. Perfect. You know, Very rude. I love the hustle and bustle. You don't gotta be York. ninety. Oh, I hate the hustle and bustle. Yeah, they hustle. I hate the hustle. I hate the traffic, but I like it, man. It drives me up up the wall too much. Too much hustle and bustle for me. I can't deal with it. It's tough. Yeah, it is tough. But what are you going to do? This is where we're at in the meantime, between time. And so we are figuring out how to maximize our life where we are currently at. And so today we have been talking about budgeting. What does it all mean? How do you do it? We shared a little bit on how we go about working our budget every month. Mm -hmm. Um... And we, of course, heard from you guys, our wonderful um, audience who joins in and shares your stories and shares your experience. Some people bought new houses, and so they got to get on a budget. Some people are um, honest and ain't on a budget, but know the importance of getting on a budget. And so we've had a really good discussion tonight. We love you guys. And we thank you guys for showing showing up. Always showing up and showing out. As usual, whenever you hear that baby crying sound, that means it's (laughs) it's time to... Our daughter's perfect for that. Keeping us in check. (laughs) She's like, oh, y'all thought y'all was free? Like some shows have like a ding or some music that comes on. Like, nah, for us, you you hear our daughter crying. When Layla starts, we're like, oh, it's been an hour and a half. Okay. (laughs) Time to tone it down. Oh, man. Joey says it all takes... All it takes is faith. I think we scare ourselves out of certain things. Absolutely. Oh, that's that's huge. That's we we terrify ourselves out of certain things, yeah. especially this idea and the concept of being a business owner and what that means and raising capital and investments and yep. stocks. And we have this us versus them mentality. And yeah. so we, we we remove ourselves from the equation, but then still want to be um, a path above the math. Yeah. That's yeah. I got to write that down. Bars. <laughs> we remove ourselves from the equation because I know... Let me... I remembered it, honey. All right, say we remove about, ourselves uh, from the equation, but still want to be a part of the math. Yo, wow. don't take that. Wow. You guys are here first. That was bars, yo. That was yeah. bars, and you guys heard it first here live. <laughs> like, he wasn't reading from anything. He just literally just spit that off the dome. Wow. I love my husband. He's a genius. Good Lord. Spit that off the dome. 
So, guys, thank you again. Thank you guys for joining. We will be back next week, as promised, for week four of Money and Matrimony, 7.30. Originally, we started doing this at 2 o'clock because we just wanted it to be, like, easy and done in the daytime. And it's summertime, so maybe people are home. But then we found that 7.30 works better. And 7.30 is the um, traditional time that I usually do Kingdom Conversation for Throne Room Thoughts anyhow. So um, we will be back at 7.30 next week for week four. And that will be Sounds week good. four of the money yeah, and matrimony. Is that powder or Look something I can put on my this forehead? This definitely powder for that. Because people are just probably being blinded. Facts. A lot of sunniness. Jesus. I mean, the shininess. Yeah, look at you, babe. Like greasy. You're just greasy. Sorry, I, I really apologize for that, people. Why are you even greasy? I don't know. It's just the oh, lighting. You have to do the AC wow, slide. Wow, nah, yo. All right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Bye, guys. We love Bye. you. Thank you for joining us. We will see you guys next week. Until next time, be bold, be powerful, and be victorious. Stay connected at throneroomthoughts at gmail.com.